The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who comes from the Father, he will testify on my behalf. You also are to testify because you have been with me from the beginning. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said th these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go, far, that I go away. For if I do not go, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world wrong without, about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because they do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father, and you will see me no longer. About judgment, because the ruler of this world has been condemned. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. In the name of the Creator, the Redeemer, and the Sustainer. Amen. Please be seated. Welcome back. When we look at ourselves 15 months ago, we can't help but to think and see a world that literally had to shut down. Suddenly, in a blink of an eye, the life as we knew it and we lived it was radically changing. Our favorite restaurants had to shut their doors down. We could not visit the museums or go to the movies or go to the park or anywhere we like to go before or even visit our loved ones. Even the happiest place on earth had to close the, its doors and became a ghost town with no more kids and adults laughing. For the first time in my life, I could walk into the bank and with half of my face covered, demand a teller to give me money. <laughs> but the sad part is that our, sanctuary, our sanctuaries had to close and for the first time in the, lifetime, in the lifetime of many of us, we were not able to worship physically present together in community. For more than a year, We've had to live in uncertainty, scared, terrified behind the doors of our homes. In the blink of an eye, everything changed. A microscopic virus came to remind us that we are not invincible and that not everything is under our control. COVID-19 came to change our lives and livelihood in ways 
both small and profound. And at this time, we can see a tiny bit of light at the end of the darkness as vaccines are now being distributed and we slowly begin to reopen and to go back to some of our activities. But we are not there yet. It is difficult to anticipate what pandemic restrictions will still be in place on the next days or weeks or months. The challenges of the past 15 months are still very fresh in our minds. Something important in our lives has been missing. In today's readings, I'm just trying to imagine the scenes in these places. Everything is taking place during the last days of the earthly life of Jesus. The disciples and the first followers were starting to feel comfortable with him. They had great expectations from him, but then he was crucified and died, so they were left alone with no rabbi. But then Jesus came back. He came back again on Easter. Do you remember the empty tomb, the disciples hiding in a room, and then Jesus came to that room and showed them his wounds, and then they ate fish together. So they are becoming comfortable again and feeling safe again because the rabbi was back. But guess what? He's leaving them again. But this time Jesus goes like with something really confusing, something like, hey guys, you know, I'm living again. I know that sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that if I go away, for if I do not go away, the advocate will not come to you. Jesus is talking about a Holy Spirit that will always be with them. What is that? In their Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke have their own explanation about the Holy Spirit, right? However, they focus more in the person of Jesus rather than in the Spirit. But John, the gospel that we heard today, made a better effort to explain that spiritual life and essence of Jesus. And although I'm not an evangelist, I have my own way to describe the Holy Spirit. And I think it lines up with that of John. Well, at least somehow. Want to hear it? I remember during my childhood how my brother, my friends, and I used to play with our uh, Star Wars action figures. We are all familiar with Star Wars, right? <laughs> well, in one of these episodes, Luke Skywalker, one of the characters, is learning to use something called the Force to defeat evil. Luke is called to trust the Force a mystical, invisible energy field that gives Jedi Knights their powers. A mystical energy. It's really hard to understand. But as kids, it was really easy for us to use the help of this mystical energy to defeat evil characters. And although we did not really understand what it was, it was not complicated to include the help of an invisible force who would help us to succeed in our efforts to defeat the forces of evil. 
John's account begins with a description of the Spirit of God, of that force. From chapter 1 of his Gospel, he states that at the beginning of everything, there was God. For there to be a beginning, or, for there to be a beginning at all, there was God. And continues saying that in the fullness of time, God's promise was fulfilled in the birth of a child in a place and time, Jesus of Nazareth, who lived and taught and died, bringing the spirit of love to a people paralyzed by fear, grief, and bitterness. He was like a flame in the darkness, brave and defenseless. He was betrayed and killed. And it seemed as if, as, as if fear, grief, and bitterness had overcome the generous gifts of life and love and wisdom. But that was only part of the story. Because God is all movement, all change, a wind that blows, a flaming fire, the life that animates, the heart that loves, the energy of knowing and doing and the hope of all being. And her name is Ruach, or Holy Breath. Sophia, or Holy Wisdom, animating and ordering in beauty everything that ever was and ever shall be. The spiritual life is a dangerously ambiguous term. English writer and pacifist Evelyn Underhill says that a spiritual life is splendor and perfection not only the subject matter of religion, but also the cause and goal of everything in human life that points beyond the world. And our attention to it, or our neglect of it, makes no difference to that world, but it makes a difference to ours. For our lives are not, our lives are not whole nor complete until they are based on a certain conscious correspondence with it. It is until this happens that we become what we are meant to be. So when Jesus left, he left the disciples with a huge wandering. He left them feeling alone in that unending liminal space. You know that liminal spaces are the places of waiting, the twilight zone in between the now and the not yet, and uncertain place of transition that can be quite painful, confusing, and unsettling. But the helper, the comforter, the counselor, the advocate was alongside, alongside them, prompting them, supporting them, and empowering them. They are called to speak about Jesus through the power of the Spirit. And within a very short time, on the day of Pentecost, Peter was doing just that. The disciples were in a liminal space. Does this look and sound familiar for us? For more than a year, for 15 months, we've been in this liminal space that sometimes feels like if it never will end. For the last 15 months, we have been like those scared disciples locked up behind our doors. But Pentecost, the feast we celebrate today, reminds us that one morning, the, bre the breath of God the breath of God came like a rushing wind upon the disciples and upon everyone gathered there giving thanks to God. 
the fire of God lighted upon them like an inextinguishable energy. The wisdom of God inhabited them, speaking hope and truth in words that everyone could understand. She offered them a new intimacy with the life that fills and sustains everything everywhere. And they said yes. And because they said yes, a time which had felt like the end of everything proved after all to be the beginning of something new. Today, for us, the symbolism of this day of Pentecost is wonderful. And though it happened, our, our original story happened thousands of years ago, it is not history. The spirit is not confined by time or place. It continues empowering us today to wake up from a time that had felt like the end of everything, but to be prepared for the beginning of something new. These are indeed really difficult times. We were very scared. And probably we still are, because we don't know what the outcome will be. However, I am sure that the spirit of hope was always in us, that almost universal impulse to seek and appeal to that indescribable essence, that power beyond ourselves that somehow kept telling us that we would overcome this that indescribable essence that John talks about in today's gospel. And look in the book of Acts, this essence that leads us to embrace hope and find faith in the future. Today we celebrate the day when the Holy Spirit was poured out on all kinds of people from across every nation under heaven, which reminds us that our common, goal, our, our common and personal lives depend on one another. Unity will help us to live up with the challenges ahead. We remember the coming of the wind of change and the renewing fire, which reminds us that even as the trees are burning, they are dropping seeds and that the new forests are already in the ground. The Spirit of God is here. We are invited not to look away, and I believe it's about, it's about bearing witness to both that which is beautiful in the world and that which paints us in the world. That on one hand, we have this beauty. On the other hand, we have this destruction. And we can bring these two together in prayer, but not as a passive act, but as an act of conscience and consequence, bringing forth action based out on a based out of our own lived experience. We are called today to get out of our comfort zones. We are called today to continue with the work God is already doing in our world. We are called to pay more attention to restoration, to heal the wounds that we have inherited and those caused by the pandemic. Our spiritual life is about bearing witness Having the strength to not look away is understanding the wholeness of what we are part of. Life and death, beauty and destruction. Even in this moment of a pandemic that we thought was a past, that is now a place. So for the last 50 days, John, John has called us to abide in God's law, to remain attached to the vine, 
to be a good shepherd, and to do all these things, not having the presence of Jesus, but having his essence all the time. She infuses tired minds with hope and brings the sorrowful to joy. She refreshes her people and brings them back to the challenges. And, he pre and, and she prefers everything to engage with hard things rather than withdraw from them. May we remember and renew our own commitment to love and wisdom when we call for that change and growth to break the great pigments of our worn hearts with new green growth, to blow through close and stuffy minds the cool and living wind as a pathway to reconciliation through restorative justice that oper operationalizes values of love, empathy, compassion, and interdependence, creating conditions for healing and forgiveness. I invite you to remember any image you may have of the Holy Spirit and the tongues of fire. I invite you to let your eyes be like open windows to see what God will show you. Your ears open to listen to what God will tell you. After an experience with the Holy Spirit, everything will be different. Lives with a soul made light by the wind, then the wind of the Spirit will drag us to make Pentecost a reality in our life together. May our worship find glimpses of the Holy God, of Christ the center of the Spirit, and Spirit in the unexpected places. Let us allow, yourself, let us allow ourselves to get surprised by the experience. And the secret of all this is that there is no secret, just the mystery of those moments of awe in the presence of the divine. Amen.